with illegal crossings that have been absolutely historic. But agents in the north say that they're seeing a huge increase right now of more than 700% of people trying to cross from Canada into the U.S. illegally. Dre Clark is in New York now with more. Dre. Adrian, good morning. We're here live outside the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Office here in Lower Manhattan. And agents here are keeping a very close eye on what's happening there at the northern border with the understanding that some of those individuals who are crossing it into the U.S. illegally could very well end up here in New York City. Meanwhile, the U.S. Border Customs and Border Patrol says uh, more people have crossed into the U.S. illegally at the Canadian border in the last three months than the last two years combined. So it is a substantial number. In fact, these are some of the Twitter pictures that the agency posted here. And you can see people dashing across the border in the dark there. The report of the increased crossings is coming from the Swanton sector, which covers the Canadian border crossings into Vermont, New Hampshire, and New York. Border Patrol agents working the sector says from the beginning of October all the way through the end of December 2022, there's been a 743% increase in apprehensions and encounters with people trying to cross the border illegally compared to the same time period a year ago. There are reports last month that agents arrested more than 400 people from 19 different countries trying to cross into the U.S. illegally. And also keep in mind, this time of year, that area of the country uh, gets extremely cold with single-digit temperatures, and some people have actually frozen to death trying to cross the border. In a news release uh, to News Nation, the agency said this, Border Patrol agents tasked with detecting, identifying, and apprehending individuals attempting to unlawfully cross the border end up rescuing and rendering potentially life-saving aid all while the agents are selflessly placing themselves uh, in harm's way. Recently, on January 19th, the agency says a family of four, including a teenage son and an infant, were found frozen to death inside their car just 50 feet away uh, from the U.S. border. As for why there is this sudden surge happening right now, uh, agents say they don't know, the, they can't pinpoint the exact reason why, but we do know there is a shortage of Border Patrol agents. One other note really quickly here. Ali Bradley, who's been doing a fantastic job covering the southern border, reached out to a source who works the northern border. And that person told her that a lot of the Border Patrol agents who are working there in the north were transferred to the south. And now the cartels and human traffickers have figured out soft spots along the northern border. And they're taking advantage by bringing people across the border into the U.S. illegally. Oh, and who could have seen this coming? <laughs> That's amazing. We're being invaded by land and sea. You have them coming from all different directions. It's amazing. Southern border is a mess. Northern border, however, has been pretty secure up to this point. But like you just heard in the report there, the cartels and everybody's figured out there's so much attention being brought to the southern border. If we can make our way up from the northern border and come back down, it'll be good. To give you some actual numbers, because he did lay out there is a 743% increase in the first quarter of this year as opposed to the last quarter of last year. And agents have now apprehended 1,146 immigrants who crossed from Canada into Vermont and New York. Um, that compares to about only 136 apprehensions during the same time period of last year. So at the beginning of last year, you had 136. Now we're at 1146. This is how they get that 700 plus percent increase. Thank you, Joe. 
some for, some more numbers for you. From May 1st to December 31st of last year, agents took in 1,866 migrants in custody. Um, that's compared to 2,004 migrants that were apprehended during the fiscal year 2020 and 2022 combined. <laughs> so you could see things are really beginning to ramp up there. Now, I mean, it's got to be a lot harder to come from the north than the south, especially this time of year. It's probably a little more pleasant if you can get to the north and come down through in the summer months because the weather's probably a little bit nicer coming from the north to the south as opposed to it's so it's so hot here in South Florida, and I can't imagine it's any better coming across the Mexican border, which make it probably a little bit better now in the winter months for the southern border to ramp up because it's a little bit cooler and there's not such a worry. <clears throat> So the borders continue to deteriorate under the Biden administration, who has no plan and not a care in the world to really do anything about stopping this flood of people coming across the border. Texas, on the other hand, is going to try to do something for themselves. There's a little bit of a disagreement between a couple of the uh, mayors in the towns there, but what they're doing ultimately should help at least a little bit. Texas facility... Commissioned, awarded a $224 million contract to the Fisher and Sands and Gravel Company to build approximately 9.4 miles of state-funded border walls. The state has already negotiated property access for about 5.4 of those with the landowners there. The landowners are more than supportive of them putting up the wall because they said a lot of the migrants that are coming across there, not only are they finding dead people in general, but the amount of crime and trash that's being left there. Apparently, they're leaving lots of trash on these people's property. And that, I mean, you know, what better way to come into the country than the very first thing you do is start dirtying it up even more? I mean, it, it looks like the blue cities. I give you that much. And maybe if that's the images you're seeing of the United States, you think it's acceptable to throw trash on the floor. But most of the country here, we like to keep everything as clean as possible. So your first, you're breaking a law to come through first and foremost, then followed by you decide to litter and then create and then commit crimes. We're, this is great. I mean, the whole process is just amazing. I mean, we're so we're so happy that everybody's doing it. It's a 30 foot border wall. Uh, it's similar to the one that they built near Eagle Pass. Like I said, there's a little bit of a disagreement between um, some of the town mayors there, but. The amount of people that are coming across in that particular section, I got to be honest with you, they need it. I mean, they, they need this. <clears throat> uh, with ranchers across the Rio Grande uh, in Laredo and Del Rey sectors, for more than a year, they were in talks with the state on what to do. The, the biggest issue that the ranchers had, because they were pretty much in favor of everything, was just access areas in their, uh, in their property. And I, I mean, I can't agree. It's your property. You should, I mean, yes, there's a wall there, but as long as you have some type of access point for yourself where you can get through and work your land the right way, then it's less of a problem. So uh, I think they're going to, from what it reads or what it sounds like or what it reads like is that they're going to accommodate them on that, that they will be able to have access to all of their land. Um, in that particular area for this uh, fiscal year, the Laredo sector, <coughs> excuse me, Border Patrol agents has apprehended about 13,622 migrants. It's down a little bit, believe it or not, from 22,779 during the same period, which is about a 40% decrease. 
The Del Rio sector, which is the second busiest sector during the first quarter of this fiscal year, agents apprehended about 142,444 migrants, and this is actually an increase <laughs> of more than 55% from the 91,600 that were apprehended during the same time fiscal year last year. So different uh, places of entry, you know, maybe they're favoring one spot more for one particular reason, one season, and then another spot for another season. Nonetheless, if you look at the 40% decline and the 55% incline, you're still at a, you're, you're still at a, at a rise of people coming here in the United States. And all of that being said, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get to the, the to the best part of this. Really, <clears throat> most people in the South and the Southern by the border. Uh, most governors have taken it upon themselves, and even some of the northern states actually at this point, Colorado being one, are busing migrants to different destinations that the migrants or illegal aliens agree to go to. I forgot you're not allowed to say illegal aliens, so I, I should probably use that more often because yeah, you're not going to tell me what to say. So they're busing these uh, illegal aliens all over the place. <clears throat> Generally, the, where they're busing them is going to be into quote-unquote sanctuary cities, like New York and Chicago and in most places up there in the Northeast. So they're getting bussed wherever these people say that their final destination is. Now, sanctuary cities are just that. And if that's their final destination, I'm assuming they're going there for a very particular reason because they probably feel that they're more accepted there and that people are in those states are more willing to work with them. <laughs> Over the weekend, city officials sought to move uh, illegal aliens out of the Watson Hotel in the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood of Manhattan in Brooklyn, <clears throat> I mean to uh, the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal where Eric Adams has uh, constructed a massive shelter for new arrivals. Many of the border crossers staying at the Watson Hotel, paid for by you and me, the taxpayer, are refusing to leave. They instead have set up a homeless encampment outside of the hotel, so I'm sure that looks very attractive. Uh, this was supposedly a more high-end hotel. I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, they're demanding right now <laughs> that the city cancel rent and provide them with permanent homes. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, yeah you got to love this. I mean, what more do you expect? Here it is. Some of the border activists assisting the migrants are even suggesting and suggested to ABC News, uh, ABC 7 News, uh, that the new arrivals get placed in some of the city's most expensive properties without charge. You have these illegal aliens outside of the Watson Hotel holding up signs that read, not to discriminate towards immigrants and other ones that we need housing to sleep, we need help, please. I don't disagree that they need help. I actually don't, don't disagree with that. And I do feel that this, you asked for this, so we're giving it to you, but ultimately this is not good for either or. There's nearly 50,000 border crossers that have been bused to New York City, the sanctuary city, since the spring of last year. Currently, what they are looking for is they want you to provide on taxpayer dollars Permanent housing. So whether it be uh, we give up an entire, I don't know, apartment building there in New York. I mean, what are they? 
50, 60, 70 stories tall. There's a lot of departments there. You know, you vacate everybody or maybe you have one that they're going to go clean up on the taxpayer dollar and give these people a free place to live. Or I guess they're going to continue with these encampments out in front of these more established hotels and areas. And they're going to obviously um, deter any visitors from wanting to stay there because, I mean, honestly, who wants to go to a hotel where a mile down the road from the hotel you have people living on the streets? I'm sure there's trash everywhere. Uh, as far as a safety issue goes, there's going to be one because, you know, not every person's a good person. Maybe 99.99% of them are, but it only takes that 0.01% to pop out with a knife or a gun or something because they're desperate and they need some money from you. So you're not really going to want to stay there. So that's going to affect businesses there in New York. But New York's dying and withering away anyway, so it is what it is. Interestingly enough, with all of this going on, um, the Republicans that are representing New York, including Ellis uh, Stefanke, Claudia Tenney, Nick Longworthy, Mark, what was it, uh, Molnario, Molnario, I think, uh, Nicole Molotokis, Andrew Garbano, Anthony D'Esposito, De, uh, Esposito, whatever, and Nicholas Lalota have pretty much been silent about the connection between mass immigration and housing costs. It's naturally housing costs are going to be, um, they're going to skyrocket in New York, as if New York's you know a real cheap place to live as it is. But they're going to skyrocket in New York because now you are flooding more people into the city and it's getting more and more competitive on where to live. There's less housing. You can only build so much there. So investors and property owners are going to take advantage of this moment and they're going to raise their prices and it's just going to get more and more expensive. So they're pretty much silent on all of it. And this is where Republicans need to step up and point these things out. But you wonder, I mean, what does a New York Republican look like? Uh, they more like a centered person? Because if you're born and raised in New York, I find it hard to believe that you are super hardcore uh, to the right. I would assume you're probably a pretty centered person. Uh, they're very quiet silent on all this. We'll see how it goes. It's predicted right now that if we continue in the direction that we are currently going in with immigrants coming across the border at this rate, it's projected that by the year 2060, we will have 400 million people in this United States. We are at 330 uh, plus or minus million people right now. So they're anticipating that over the course of the next, uh, what is it, uh, not even 40, uh, 37 years, they're predicting that we're going to hit the 400 million mark, which if you're growing at that pace, the housing market that everybody's thinking is going to crash and go down. Yes, it does drive with the market, but as long as there's a demand for it and people are coming here and they're willing to pay the price for these homes, it's going to let the market hang on longer. I mean, if you're having that many people come in, they got to go somewhere. And then you're going to have people that are going to relocate from areas where you're having this big influx of immigrants coming in because they don't feel safe. So they're going to relocate somewhere else, which will help housing markets all over the United States. Right now, I think the hottest housing markets from what I last read, obviously, Florida, Tennessee and Texas are your your massive relocation spots. And I think that's going to be a lot to do with state taxes as well. But also, uh, North and South Carolina seem to be a pretty hot. And I think North Carolina, they got a lot of people there they call halfbacks or, ha or half, half something. I forget the terminology they use. But it's uh, people that 
New York that come down and visit Florida, but they only make it halfway back and end up stopping in North Carolina and staying there. <laughs> if you're from North Carolina, uh, you can correct me on that, but I think they call them halfbacks, whatever it is. Um, but those seem to be the hottest there because there's a demand for it. People, uh, cost of living is better. The environment's better. They're safer places to live at. And people are migrating to them because they're tired of all these blue cities that are just allowing all this nonsense. I thought it was important to bring this up because I, I, everybody knows we're getting killed and clobbered on the south border. But now our north border and over here in Florida, if you're not from Florida, you probably don't. It doesn't make national news. But the boats arrive every day with more migrants on it from different countries that come in. And it's like that my whole life. I mean, rare is the time you don't hear about them finding a boat of some type coming in and more migrants coming across. But it's not at the numbers that are at the, that these two borders. I mean, how many people fit on a boat? If you hear about a boat coming through that had 40 or 50 people on it, that's a lot of people. Because a lot of these, I, I would even caution to call them boats and caution myself to even say they're boats. A lot of these are people getting real creative and making rafts. And you got some brave people out there willing to get on the ocean and make that trek to come for freedom. And I get it. You know, I, I get the whole point of coming here for freedom. That's, that's, I totally understand that. But I also understand that what they're allowing to have happen right now is wrong in every way possible. There's nothing right about it. And, and if you're going to be honest with yourself, you would have to agree because there's nothing right about allowing these people to come here, not checked, and, and look at the conditions that they're living in. And speaking of not checked, uh, I know I don't have his name in front of me, but I believe it was in, I think it was in Texas. It might have been in Arizona. Or, and I could be completely wrong. It might have been California. doesn't matter. A known terrorist that's on the terrorist watch list was stopped in a car the other day. Made it through the southern border, was driving along, gets pulled over by a cop. Here it is, a known terrorist. Made his way past the border. It is now living in this United States. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for that. Because I'm sure that's going to end up well. I'm, I'm sure nothing bad's going to happen there. And all this like, oh, these are all good people. Everybody that's coming across has got a family and they just want to come to work. And I agree with you at about 99% of the time. But it's that 1% like this guy. That he's here to do what? You're a known terrorist. You're here to hurt somebody, hurt something, blow something up, kill somebody, do some kind of damage. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a disaster. The borders are just a complete disaster. Switching gears here. All right, the Daily Caller reported... Attorneys for the unvaccinated Navy SEALs in the class action lawsuit against the Biden administration say that their clients continue to suffer religious discrimination from the Navy, even though the vaccine mandate has been withdrawn. Uh, new Navy guidance allows commanders to make career-altering decisions based on a person's vaccination status. It's basically just a backdoor way for them to continue to harass, intimidate, and punish service members uh, because of their faith. You had 26 Navy SEAL or Na members of the Navy that filed for religious exemption at the time that it was mandatory that all everybody, Biden was forcing everybody to take vaccines. That has been dropped. What they're doing now is they're playing little games. And the way they're doing it is, well, if you're not vaccinated, then technically you're not combat ready because we need the healthiest, strongest people in combat. So they're going to claim that if you have not taken this vaccine, which we now know causes, especially in younger adults, all kinds of medical problems. But if you're not taking that, then you're considered unhealthy, which I would, 
I would argue that point. That you, yeah, I think that if you took it, there's a better chance that you're not going to be healthy. But let's, we'll go past that. So what they're doing to these guys is they're going to strip them. Like if you went and trained to be a Navy SEAL, and I don't know if anybody's ever watched this, but back in the day when TV used to be actually okay to watch, I used to watch a program where they would show you um, Hell Week for the Navy SEALs, and I'm sure most people did because it was fascinating to watch how much suffering they put these guys through in girls and look at them and go, you know, they, you want to talk about earning something? Yeah, they earned it. These are the elite. Uh, no sleep, 20 minutes worth of sleep, get them in freezing conditions, uncomfortable conditions. They, they mentally torture them while they're doing it. They're putting them and testing them at every angle, pushing them to their absolute limit to break because – in a warlike situation, they need to prepare them for worst-case scenario, and nothing's going to be comfortable. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have to be able to withstand whatever's being thrown at you. So it was amazing to watch back then. Well, um, knowing that, seeing that, what they're, do, what they're doing is saying that if you're not combat-ready, then we're going to strip you of that and just put you back in to the, uh, to the regular crew there. And then you're just a regular member of the Navy. You're no longer a Navy SEAL. Uh, there's also, if there are certain obligations that they have to meet as a Navy officer for certain bonuses that they get uh, upon signing up, that if they don't meet these requirements, then they are required to pay back these bonuses. And the bonuses are larger, like 75 grand. <laughs> so you're, you're going to be on the hook for paying back 75 grand. So they're, they're doing everything that they can to still try to force them to take this, even though it's not mandatory anymore, uh, under the guise of, well, you know, we need the most elite, healthiest, strongest, and vaccinations are part of that, soldiers uh, in combat. That is going to go to trial February 6th. So that's coming up this week, at the end of this week. But definitely something you want to watch because, I mean, you're messing with our military. Our military is struggling as it is. We have some of the lowest recruitment numbers we have ever had. People are not interested in serving this country because this country's crapping on everybody right now. And not to mention all the woke nonsense that's in the military. People that were once gung-ho about going in there and serving for their country are now looking at it like these are indoctrination camps and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be learning how I shouldn't say something to somebody because they have pink hair. And I shouldn't make fun of somebody who walks up with a beard and says to me they're a woman. Granted, I am Italian. You go to Italy, you're going to see some ladies with some 5 o'clock shadow or, or possibly some, you know, a little bit of a, what we call down here a Cuban stash coming in. It's, it's possible. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about with a beard like mine. Okay? And you're supposed to call him a woman because it's insensitive. It's insensitive, not unsensitive, insensitive to say that you are a man. Okay? So they're uninterested in learning crap like that. They just wanted to serve the country. But since we're focused on just creating the wokest of the woke military, so that way we're just going to be little cupcakes to push over next time there actually is a war, which Biden's working on heavily right now, uh, they don't want to be involved in it. And honestly, I don't blame them. So instead of pushing out people that were already there and that worked hard to achieve, that are elite uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you go through that type of training and that's what you are, you are an elite person there, instead of keeping them in there and not worrying about vaccination status, it's not like you have something that's going to spread and kill people, although they would argue with me on that. It's going to spread and kill all these people. It's not the same as having Ebola. It's not the same as having uh, you know, chicken pox or something that can really break out and get you. I know that there are some vaccinations that people are required to take if you're traveling to certain countries. 
And even those vaccines have been tried and tested over time. We're not talking about a vaccine like that. We're talking about a shot that is not working, that has more side effects, that affect younger people and would absolutely have an impact on their performance as an officer. You're talking about these people not taking it and you're trying to coerce them and force them into taking it. I'd like to see how this turns out in the court. So pay attention to that. It's definitely uh, something we need to pay attention to because the military is not looking good right now and we don't need to lose good people in the military right now. We need to hold on to what we have at all costs until this sh- this black cloud that's over this country is upon us and, and until it moves off and we start getting back to something decent and people are starting to really believe and love this country once again and then people are willing to go out and put themselves on the line. We need to just have these people hold the line until that moment goes. All right, that's it for me. That was it. That's all I had. <laughs> that's all I got today. You're done. All right. If you like what you're here, please rate and review me. If you'd like to check out anything else, I do at littlejoecc.com. Go to the contact section if you want to contact me. Otherwise, have a wonderful Thursday. We'll do it again tomorrow.